your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get the hashtag going. All right. Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. Joining me as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. All about the Avalanche 7-1 to win over the Winnipeg Jets today. So put your uh, tray tables in their upright and locked position <laughs> and your seat backs upright or however they want to say it. Because uh, this was a, a thumping. So we uh, will discuss yeah. it all. First things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on the YouTube. Uh, just search for Locked on Avalanche. So we had talked about this game quite a bit on yesterday's episode. Kind of excited for it. Thought it was going to be a uh, entertaining game. It was. If you are, uh, you know, from an Avalanche perspective, that they kind of just ran away with it. They spotted Winnipeg a goal early on, a power play goal, no less. Which you're thinking, like, oh god, here we go again with this power play or this penalty kill. Can't stop anything. Uh, and it was a, a difficult save. It was a rebound that kind of just went astray, and it was. I didn't notice that that puck was tipped in the beginning. It was kind of tipped, and then so I think it threw Kemper's uh, timing off, and it's it was a juicy rebound, and they put it home. After that, this thing was all abs. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, and we'll go through a lot of it, but overall thoughts on uh, a dominating performance. You know, it was extremely dominating when you're scrolling through Twitter and you see all the Avalanche fans kind of like. Guys, are we a good team? Um, it's one of my favorite things. Like, we just can't believe it. We're just so conditioned. And this was incredible. And not just an incredible game, incredible names from the names that you put on the billboard. Like, you have Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, and Miko Rantanen going out there and absolutely doing what we've been saying. Like, we, it'd be nice to see a game like this out of Gabe. When he was, we talked about on the last episode, he was kind of out of it in that last game. And he just gets himself a hat trick and Nate gets five points. And Miko, the guy we don't appreciate that much, he gets out there and it starts scoring. It was an incredible game from the top line, especially. The top line was incredible. Um, You know who didn't score at all in this game? Kale McCarr. You know, so the, the one that everybody's eyes were on today, especially yeah. because of what he did against Chicago, uh, didn't get on the, on the stat sheet. Not to say he wasn't, you know, involved. He clearly was. He's always going to be. Just couldn't, you know, seven goals. You would think he'd be somewhere in there, and he wasn't. That I think that speaks more to just the depth and and how many different angles that this avalanche team can jump on you yeah than it does to him not being on the score sheet it's it's of zero concern to me that he didn't net a point in this in this game you have so gabe landiscott with a hat trick and an assist nathan mckinnon with a goal and four assists and miko rantanen with a goal and two assists Uh, i believe that is 12 points in total 
five points just in goals. That's uh, against against an elite goalie, not yeah. just a good goalie or above average goalie, an elite goalie. That part of it makes me feel so good about this team because that's what I wanted to see. And we had even said yesterday that is this going to be a one to nothing game, a mm-hmm. two to one game? It's a seven to one game again. Connor Hellebuck does not give up seven goals. No. And I don't want to hear he had an off night because after that first period, he was looking pretty good. Mm -hmm. We were all thinking, like, this might be a two-to-one game. But this speaks to just the dynamic ability that this Avalanche team has. And I think a lot of people are going to be waking up tomorrow looking at this score and then saying Hellebuck couldn't have been in goal and notice that he was for the full 60 minutes and people are, are going to be saying like, whoa, okay, this Avs team has got it together. Yeah, and it's you mentioned it. It's not like he had a bad night. There were He made many saves. He was shutting down anything like logo down. He was sliding all over the place. And in and, and that first period, you saw a couple of those shots, and you're like, oh, this is going to be one of those nights. Uh-huh. And it's going to be difficult to get anything by him. And you saw the Avalanche not get frustrated. And they just kept doing what they were doing and just kept wearing away. And the shots started going in and they kept Hellebuck in and he maintained his same level. It's just the avalanche just kept on with the never ending barrage for 60 minutes. And it's one of those that we just beat Mark Andre Fleury. We just beat Connor Hellebuck. There's you almost are like, what's next? And it's in a, that's a good position to be. And even who was the game uh, before Chicago? Um, Anaheim. Anaheim. John Gibson. Anaheim, Gibson. That is three solid goalies you have just hung W's on. Yeah. So you got to be feeling good with the Avs. And, you know, uh, it didn't start the best. No. You had Curtis McDermott just taking out Hellebuck. <laughs> At first, I, when I saw it, I, it was kind of like, I mean, in real time, I thought there was a a Winnipeg Jet who was kind of with him, and he couldn't like avoid him. Oh no, that that was his own player that he he struggled to avoid, and he literally just took out Hellebuck. Okay, and then they get a goal. But this team, and that was so early on. That was in within like what the first three minutes. Mm-hmm. So no team is going to panic that early in the game. But this team doesn't panic really. Ever and even in the Chicago game when they got down two, there was no panic. There was we're just going to ramp up our game. There's a difference between the two because when you're panicking, you're playing out of control. You're 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 not playing cohesive. You're just zooming up and down the ice. They they just upped their game and that's what this team can do. We will play our game how we know how to play our game, which is damn good enough to beat you. Mm-hmm. But if we have to elevate that game, good luck stopping it. They're they're a, a, a solid. They're, they are playing how we always knew that they could play when they were having their struggles in the early part of the season, and that was all just they just got to get some games under their belt, and that's what we were saying from the beginning. And it's such a weird feeling, like to sit there and watch Shifley score right out of the gate, and the Avalanche yeah. go down one nothing. And you don't worry at all. They don't worry at all. There's, they yeah. just, it's like, okay, you got yeah. one. Yeah. One's for free. And then seven unanswered. Like, <laughs> when you say it, when you say that out loud, 
It's and then you have to include on Hellebuck. Just on keep Hellebuck. saying seven unanswered on Hellebuck is just it's mind blowing to me. There were uh, you know frustrations early on, and this is how you know we're saying like um, this team doesn't panic. And I'm not saying I was panicking, but I was I was annoyed at uh, one thing in particular. So uh, I'll talk about what that is after we hear from Built Bar. And in the new year, it, it's a new year, so that means. New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in that program. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, probably even better than a candy bar. It makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good. You want to eat them all, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like what? A chemical spill. Those chemical spills can be nasty. Uh, I've had a chemical spill or two. Mm. <laughs> oh. No, because I, I wouldn't be here. Uh, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. But like by week three, you might be thinking this is just not worth it. I need some chocolate. Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar. And I don't even get into the net carbs. But you can go right now to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off of your order. Once again, the promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So early stages of the game when, you know, I'm, 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 <clears throat> I'm annoyed, annoyed or frustrated, not worried at all, but yeah, you give up the, the, power play goal, which that in and of itself is like, that's the one thing that's hanging on this team is their penalty kill is just struggling. And within the first two or three minutes of the game, you're giving up one. And then you get a power play. Winnipeg has a a penalty. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you go on on the power play. What was annoying me more than anything, and the Avs tend to do this, it was the, the whatever, the drop back back pass is what it is. They're, they're going to do that all the time. They do give you a couple new wrinkles now when they have a second person back there. I like that. But they were doing this the second they passed, they got into the offensive zone, that pass off to the side, mm-hmm. whether to the right or the left. It was not working. It was driving me absolutely crazy. Just carry the puck in at least six feet more. You are giving yourself so little margin for error when the minute, the second you pass that blue line, you do that little shuffle pass to the left. If that, if anything goes wrong, if it's just fumbled a little bit, that guy is up against the boards. He's got nowhere to go. He's cornered. He can't go out. He can't move backwards because he's going to go out of the zone. You have to set that guy up better. Yeah. Uh, the first power play was horrific in doing that. Uh, I don't know why the Avs can't just bring it into bring it all the way into the zone if you want to dump it into the zone if you want to. But this pass that immediately happens when they get into the the offensive zone is driving me crazy. Having said that, and then I'll let you say what you want to say, but they they did finish three for four on the power play. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe it was a, a you know on the fly adjustment, but early the, the the first five minutes of this game were frustrating for me. And then the re- the, the, the remaining 55 <laughs> minutes were aces. It's like 
in practice, the Avalanche work on every way possible to get into the offensive zone, but just getting into the offensive zone. And if you ever notice, they always do the extremely cutesy power play, the first mm. one we get of the game. And it's like they get to the mm. bench, and then Bednar's like, uh-uh, that's Stop enough. Stop doing that? Yeah. I'll have to pay attention to that. That's you Because I remember, I think it was the last game. No, it was the game against the Ducks. We had a super elaborate dropback pass that we always harp about, and it was the first power play of the game. And I was just like, yeah. huh. And then it, it tightened up after that. I feel right. like they get super creative on a way to just get in the zone, and then Bednar just tells them, just get in the zone. And then... <laughs> The rest of the power plays, they get corrected. Yeah. I, I feel like we're thinking too much to overcompensate like the weaker spots. And I feel like that's also the problem on the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. I think we're overcomplicating what the penalty kill should do. And I think we just need to simplify that just a little bit. And I think yeah. we'll be all right. And then I think they did. And then, you yeah. know, it shows for, for a three for four. And then the penalty kill, it was like it was like the uh, flip-flop. Like yeah. the first, you, you give up a penalty – uh, or a power play goal, and then you don't get one, and then um, and everything flipped, and then you you know you gave you, you took a lot of penalties in this game. Uh, was it five? Mm-hmm. But that was the only power play goal you gave up. Yeah. It was the very first one. I mean, and that was the only goal the Jets had in the entirety of the game. So you know, one for five for the Jets after that. And when you're a struggling team on a penalty kill, uh, you will take that. Mm-hmm. Take that all day. That that you know that I'm still not happy with how the the penalty kill is performing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they just they just let the the opponent set up. Yeah, I don't like that. They they set up. They let them set up, and then they just rely on their positioning to get them through the penalty kill. And yeah, I get you know that part of it is that's part of it, but the other part of it is like. Why not go out and try to stop them? I think they're too yeah. afraid to get beat on the back end. If they get beat, they might let up a goal, and they don't want to be that guy that lets anybody buy them. I understand that, but you're taking zero chances uh, in the neutral zone to try to disrupt anything going on. You're just letting them come on in. You're not even stopping them on the blue line. Yeah, You're not even setting up there. So, yeah, you're one for five, but that doesn't mean like the Jets didn't have a lot of opportunities. I think the Jets – they did. They did. did. So um, one for five, good. Uh, but just the whole dynamic of the, the penalty kill, I think, needs to to ramp up a little bit more. Um, go ahead. No, I, these are all happening early in the game. Like, these are all things that we were talking about, like the Avalanche not getting frustrated. I wonder if this is an, this is an adjustment that we'll see heading into the Toronto game because we had our first penalty kill was bad, and they scored. Our mm-hmm. first power play was bad, and nothing really happened. It was mm-hmm. atrocious. And like I said, we were down one, but we still came back and ended up how we did. So yeah. I think the adjustments have been kind of made. Can we see if we carry this from the midway from the first on to the Toronto game? If we can carry this over, I think yeah. we might have a complete team now. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I hear that. That's like kind of like the last uh, remaining puzzle for the for the abs to mm-hmm. figure out. Um, I absolutely loved uh, that the first goal for the abs. Your boy uh, keeping his his uh, amazing season alive um, and going, not even alive, just going. Yeah. But that that was impressive to me, and I and I 
posted it on Twitter. Um, it was a shot from from Eric Johnson inside the blue line, and Kadri was bodying somebody on the Jets, and he was sandwiched in between whatever defender was on him and Hellebuck, and he just kind of did this very nice like ice dance, yeah, <laughs> to avoid Hellebuck and not have a, a goalie interference, and in the process tipping the puck to redirect it to get a goal. Um, just the, the the fact that he avoided Hellebuck in and of itself is is was incredible skill to redirect the puck on top of it was uh that was a thing of beauty that was yeah. really really impressive and the way Kadri's been playing um especially on that second line he mimics a lot of what Landeskog does he's almost like the like his positioning in front of the net and like how he scores and how he handles things it's very like latest gog part two. So it's almost yeah. like whatever that, that top line does, you can expect that one more time because EJ's found some magic because he used to be on that top line with uh Tyson Berry as Tyson Berry EJ feeding Landis Gog. Yeah. And now EJ's working with Kadri. So that's that's working. And you see that working and Kadri is tied for fifth with uh Stamkos right now in the league for points. And Again, it's quietly even moved up to. No, he was fifth. Yeah, is that all he had? Was the the goal? He must have had a. Yeah, that was it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um. Who else? Um. Dude, I, we talk about him so many times. Logan O'Connor. Yeah. Is is just an animal. I don't know. Let me see what his stat line was for the day. I don't think it was. Uh, he didn't have any. He had he had nothing. But this is a perfect example of a guy not putting anything up on the stat sheet. If you're just a, a, a box score hound and you look mm-hmm. at that, it does not tell the tale of Logan O'Connor involved in so much involved yeah. in protecting his teammates involved in the penalty kill. Obviously um, he, he is and, and look, you know, look, Camel Carr didn't have anything either. Yeah. And again, that doesn't tell the whole story too. I loved, loved how Logan O'Connor played yesterday. And it's just more of, what we've come to expect from him. Yeah. Seeing uh, LOC and Josty getting physical yeah. throughout the game, even away from the puck, just kind of setting the tone. Because yeah. Winnipeg was getting frustrated, understandably, and they kept trying to get kind of chippy with it. And the Avalanche, how we always hear, the Avalanche aren't physical. They're not physical. They're not, they need one physical piece. We're comprised of physical pieces. Oh, sure. Every, they will step up and take up for the team, and you can. And that only happens when everyone is bought into where the team is going. So, right. if you want to know about where the mindset is of the team, everyone from line one, line four, they are sold out for where this team is going, and it's about time we get on board. Yeah, I mean, O'Connor didn't even register a shot on goal. Yeah, and it's like to have that much of an impact on the game, in my opinion, uh, to not have an assist, a goal, or a shot on goal you're 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 an important piece of of the the team so mm-hmm. um and like yeah i mean normally when you see that you're like well the guy was just non-existent he was a ghost anything but for logan yep. anything but he was him. everywhere and it's it's almost surprising he didn't have anything i know it would really shock you yep yeah it does shock you it does shock you so um a couple other things to get to obviously so and including i mean are we excited about saturday 
But first, betonline.ag would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the NFL playoffs and beyond. <laughs> I actually watched Toy Story today. Good Not call. Me. Not me and my kids. But of course, I'm going to sit and watch it with them. Absolutely. You have to. Uh, Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile websites to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. It's betonline.ag. Uh, what, what is your what, what's your favorite Toy Story out of the four? Mm. It's tough. I I have a weird thing. I love two a lot. See, I th- I think I like two the least. Really? Yeah, I like it's four so, the least. See, I like four maybe third, and then. I, I mean, the original is awesome. Yeah. But three is like killer. Three, the ending of three, just three is amazing. Just wipes you out every single time. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I have to agree yeah. with that. Yeah. 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 So it's be be one and three and then four and then two. Yeah. Two and three, bad. one and four. All right. I love that. I love that. Everybody has their own like hierarchy of uh, Toy Story movies. So. <laughs> Uh, so you get more than just hockey on this on this podcast. We're Pixar well-rounded individuals, is what uh, we are. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so the ad, I mean, the second period maybe their best period of the season. Yeah. Um, and and not in just goals, not in just goals scored, which were three. They only had three. I thought they had four. So three, but I mean, just I mean, the the offensive zone. Uh, possessions, yeah, and it was was just oh my god! This this top line again, just doing whatever they wanted to do, and it, it's one of those situations where you just you wanted it to end in a goal just for all the efforts that they were that were were doing in the offensive zone, just sustaining possession after possession looked incredible. Um, and then, you know, they followed up. I thought they were, you know, undisciplined in the third with all the penalties. Yeah. So you want to clean that up. But um, I loved the pace of this game on yeah. both ends. Like, even though Winnipeg was was kind of getting shot out of the uh, the arena in terms of the score, um, it was a back-and-forth game. It was yeah. like kind of an open ice game. There were chances on both sides. It was an exciting game to watch. Um, it just got out of hand for Winnipeg. And I think that's just a testament to to the Avalanche team. But what did you think of the dynamic between you know the awesome second period and then kind of like the the you know they didn't set back in the third, but just I guess the undisciplinedness of the, all the penalties that they took. That second period, it's funny that you said like it was one of the best periods that we've had so far. There were a couple of times I know about two or three that I looked up at that scoreboard. It felt like we were on the power play and we weren't. I just know. because how we had to control yeah. the puck, I was like, wow. And I would look up, at, I would see how long is in the power play, and we weren't on a power play. Yeah. So, like, the passing and everything looked incredible. The pace was incredible. And I, we talked about it on yesterday's episode. Like, Winnipeg's no pushover. This mm-hmm. is a good team. And I think you started feeling confident in where the, t- the game was going when it got about 5-1. 
because you just never knew. And like how Winnipeg just kept pushing and pushing and the avalanche just kept ratcheting it up. Like it never felt safe until about five one. And then yeah. like in that third, they you could kind of feel that <laughs> even uh, Peter yeah. McNabb kind of said like the air is out of the like yeah like the temperature's cold and then at that moment Nathan McKinnon scores mm. um like yeah it was kind of dead in that third period but w- Winnipeg was doing what the Avalanche were doing against Chicago when the Avs were down 3 to 2 mm-hmm. they were really kind of controlling the pace in the third they just couldn't couldn't crack Kemper who we can talk about him for a second i thought he yeah. was great i i just i wish he got that one back so he could have a shutout um but you know, he gave up that one early and then just shut the door. And he made some some good saves. I don't want to say like some sprawling saves or anything like that, but um, he made saves on shots where Winnipeg had some really good looks and really good lanes. And and he he stopped them. So I thought and, he played a really good game. He's playing solid. He's not playing out of his mind. I just feel like he's playing solid. And that's really all the Avalanche want him to do. And you can see that confidence when he almost let that puck in that he almost scored on himself. Like he kind of went off his well, elbow. And he like got did that up. Go off his, did that go off his elbow or, or the other player? It was, it was like his – it went like off his elbow and he thought he had it. And then it's just like dribbling behind him. And he turns right. around, does the layout, gets it, picks up, and he's standing up and he's laughing it off. Yo, my God. That's why I love this guy. Yeah. He's always got a smile on his face. Like, and I'm like, okay, this guy's all right. This guy, if, he's cool. Yeah. I mean, if if Darcy Kemper lived on my street, we would hang out a lot. Yeah. Watch Toy Story all week. We would. I mean, we'd have Pixar marathons <laughs> and, and cry at the end of Coco. Um, <laughs> oh, that movie. Oh, that movie kills so you. good. It kills you, man. So, um, no, I, I do. I think he... Would the Avalanche want him to, to be like, the uh, you know, a, a Vasilevsky or, or even a Hellebuck? outside of playing the avalanche uh, yeah of course you want that can he be that i think from time to time he can be but if this if they get this from him they're more than happy with that and yeah. and that's not to say the avalanche just want to go outscore teams they want to be able to play a variety of games one of them is a grind out one to nothing game where he's standing on his head they do yeah. want that um but i think the abs want to play a complete game where they're not putting so much emphasis on the goalie to win them the game. Exactly. They want their defense to win them the game and him just stop the pucks that happen to get through on the defense. And having said that, Winnipeg still, they had 30, 35 shots on goal. Um, but they are a good offensive team. Yeah. They have some really good weapons on that team. So it's tough to ask the Avalanche defense to, to shut this team to less than 20 shots on goal. It's not going to happen against a team like Winnipeg. So what do you have to do? You have to have a goalie that's up to the task. And at least for last night, Kemper was. I thought he mm-hmm. played great. thought he played great. Now, how much confidence does this give us going into Saturday? Because that was not a good game. The last time they played Toronto, that was in Toronto. Obviously, this is in Denver. Uh, the Avs are a completely different team. They're a more healthy team. I, I think you're going to see, you know, uh, you should see uh, a different game when it comes to these two teams going against each other. But um, that was just uh, ter- the way that Toronto played. That was a complete game. 
Like I think that was almost like what the Avalanche want aspired to be by the by this time, and that's how they're playing now. So uh, how excited that you were for, against playing the Jets. That's how excited I am against playing Toronto, who's not even a, a Western Conference team. It's just a really good team that that's kind of like a litmus test of how you do against them. Yeah, I, I think the Maple Leafs were a Western Conference team at one point. I think it, like in the 90s they were. But anyway, the <laughs> the thing that I'm looking forward to when they end of the broadcast, the Avalanche have 10 consecutive home wins. Mm. Um, and I think that ties a record that we have. What better way to break that tie? And keep this like the Avalanche are hot. They are very hot. What better way to get revenge and keep the home win streak alive? Like then, once you put that one to bed, you almost feel like you're the top of the league. You're going to shoot up power rankings, and then who's in our way and who can beat us? And that's an attitude that we haven't had since '01, maybe since '033 was in net. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not only are you feeling good because you're playing well, and again, like I kind of like I alluded to earlier, to put up seven on a goalie like that, mm-hmm. that is what's making you have some confidence. Yeah, I mean, because you've been putting up seven points all year. Yeah, um, but to do it, and and the last three goalies are are top of the line goalies. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're feeling like uh, you can run through brick walls right now for the Avalanche. So, um, and Winnipeg. I didn't know. Obviously, you don't really follow Winnipeg day in and day out. They had five wins in a row on the road. Yeah. That they had talked about on uh, the broadcast. So uh, they they were feeling good about how their road game is, and uh, Avalanche said not so fast. But. <laughs> I, are we getting to and quickly? Are we getting to the point where because the Red Wings and the Duck Duck game got canceled? Um, are we kind of feeling like anytime we at least get to play a game, that's a bonus? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't want to take Saturday for granted for yeah. whatever reason. Like, let's almost it's almost getting to the point right now where it's I I'm excited that there's going to be a hockey game when it's game day, and then I'm excited that the game's actually taking place when they drop the puck. Yeah, don't take the games for granted. Um, enjoy it while you got it. And another thing, Avalanche fans, don't look at the standings and freak out because mm-hmm. we have so many games in hand. I They oh, pop dude. up the graphics and all that. It's We're in a really good place. Yeah, Just be confident. Yeah. I mean, if you can uh, – where's the um... – if if you go to websites that can uh, you know organize by category, look at the uh, the, the points percentage because that'll prop the avalanche up yep. pretty much where they should be. All right, that's going to be it for today, everybody. Um, great win, great win. Lots to be uh, happy about while still needing to correct a couple things. But when you blow a team out seven to one, uh, that's a pretty decent team. You're feeling good about it. Yep. So. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for today and for this week. So we'll be back on Monday to talk about everything that happened over the weekend, obviously including that Toronto game Mm -hmm. that we are anticipating it being played. Hopefully. Yep. It's going to happen. So that's it. Uh, All right. But thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciate it. Check out Locked on NHL for your second listen of the day. Get caught up on everything going on around the league. But for us, that's going to wrap it up. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. 
and we will see you guys on Monday. Have a good weekend. Go, Abs, go.